0: Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the United Citizens of Europe podcast, this is Luca and today we'll be talking with Sarah DiRio about political campaigns, Multitudes Foundation and being a good change maker. Hi Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's start the interview by talking a bit about you and about your background. So who's Sarah DiRio and uh, where are you from, what's your background?
1: Um, So I'm from France. I was born in uh, the southern suburb of Paris, uh, which is called Essen. uh, And uh, I grew up there until, uh, uh, you know, quite late, uh, my late 20s. uh, And I actually started, uh, you know, being interested in in politics uh, and in activism quite late, uh, even though I had very early in my life a sense of, of justice and empathy, but I think I really got my political education in my years doing some work um, at Change.org, uh, where I worked for for a while. Um, but just to tell you a little bit about me, um, I'm thirty-eight years old now, um, and uh, I I feel like it's something I'm saying because I'm I'm still feeling like I'm in between the youth and and the. And what I consider being like older people, and uh, it's kind of interesting in my path, also in my professional path, because I feel like it starts to make a change also in the way I position myself. Um, But just, yeah, to say like, I I grew up in in Parisian suburbs, uh, and uh, I got uh, to work, you know, I really wanted... And needed to, you know, find a job and leave a home because, you know, I wanted to be independent as well. So I found, uh, I, I, I really didn't want it to study. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to get, you know, to work, to be uh, independent. And so I I studied communication, like very short studies, like it was like a technical, I might say a technical bachelor, I don't know how to call that in English. Um, and I was not politicized at all. My parents were not politicized. And so I, I didn't really you know, I care about the world, but I didn't really know what it meant and how we could change it. Um, and while I was studying in that bachelor, I met actually incredible uh, teachers and other friends who were like very much more involved in politics. and And they got me thinking about you know, do I want to sell soap, or do you want to sell <laughs> Coca Cola, or do you want to try and you know use communications uh, for other means? And that's how I started studying political communication. I decided to study a bit more <laughs> and and uh, and i I got really involved into um, i would say more like communications around environmental issues back in two thousand and seven, uh, where I worked in different foundations. And at the time, you know, we were really at the I would say, in some way, trying just to get people informed and involved, you know, like, you know, not waste the water or, you know, make sure that your rubbish are well organized, uh, but not necessarily talking about systems uh, that make, you know, our world uh, being what it is today. And so I worked in comms for while right there. And, um, and, and it was a very amazing experience. But I think, what really changed the way I see the world was my experience working at Change.org, uh, which I joined a few years later. Um, and at the time, uh, you know, the the foundation, the Change.org was uh, still a very new in France. It was actually created in the U.S., and I was recruited to develop it with others in France. Um, and it was the first time, at least um, in in France, it was the first time we had a platform where individuals were starting their own campaigns. And it was, it was quite different from the way we usually structure, you know, mobilization. In France, we have a very beautiful and big culture of unions and associations and NGOs. And so we came and I think in some way just disrupted a bit of that because uh, we most of the campaigns we had were started by people directly affected by different issues. And so my work for many years has been to support people to you know like structure their ideas and structure their campaigns so they were they would be more impactful so i i i, I got from like you know advising clients on communications to advising citizens on mobilization it was beautiful um and yeah it, it's it's kind of where i started to develop also my political understanding of the world and went from You know a deep empathy to understanding structures of power and how we can shake them and how we can question them and what's efficient and what's not um but also you know where do where the the problem come from you know what what are they linked to and uh, i think that i'm really grateful because of all, all the people that i worked with uh i changed both like those newcomers to activism but also uh, very experienced uh, campaigner, politicians, uh, um, that really, I think, shared with me a better understanding of the world. Um, and so that's that's been for ten years my my focus, and now I, I moved a little bit forward, but maybe I, I let you ask more questions. this is this is my kind of beginning.
0: <laughs> but that that's really interesting to to know like how your um your whole life basically from the academic world and then to the um to the work part has developed and that's really interesting and as you said like change.org is a very interesting platform that really gave the chance to uh individuals to yeah as you said like there is a huge a huge culture in france of unions and you know like a more collective action whereas change.org was more like well it, it was like started from an individual but then you know that it, it goes it grows out um in the collective uh world so the, the dynamics is, is a bit different, but it, it's also like, again, it's really interesting and it, it encompasses a lot of different actions that can be taken. So yeah, like how, how did you, I, again, I'm going to continue asking a bit more about mm-hmm. change.org before asking about your new foundation, because again, our audience is mostly of young adults and um, you know, teenagers, people that are starting out their um, professional paths. So How did you start in change.org and uh, how did you become uh, executive director, which is Mm -hmm. an amazing position?
1: yeah, I think that, um, so I'm just going to dig deeper a bit in my path, but um, I started working in, in communication uh, in NGOs mostly after I had my degree uh, in political communication and, um, and I decided to travel <laughs> uh, and I went for uh, like a two years trip in different places of the world and I think it was actually... Sometimes we talk about our academics and we talk about the jobs we got, but I think traveling uh, and, you know, at least spending time in other place than home is one of one of the experiences if you can afford it. And if you, you know, if you have the chance to do that, that is quite transformative. And uh, I did that for a while um, and didn't work in communications at all. <laughs> Uh, I was doing farm work and like food picking and stuff like that. And I think when I came back, it's been very hard for me to find a job. And I, I like to say that because we always have these stories of people who say, you know, everything went well in my life. There were never a moment where it's been hard, but actually it's been really hard because it was in 2008 when I came back from those trips um and the crisis hit and it was really hard for me to find a job in in communications in the field that i liked because most you know most budgets were cut so i spent a lot of time spending you know sending a lot of applications and i got lucky because um i mean in some way i got lucky <laughs> uh because i found a job in a communication agency which honestly at at that point was was kind of saving <laughs> saving me um, and it was a communication agency that was not specialized in, in social impact at all. You know, we were, we had clients of, you know, industries, et cetera. So I would say it was not my calling, honestly, but I, I felt like it, you know, I needed to have a job. So I did some work there. And what it taught me actually, um, was the impact of digital communication. And at the time, uh, I worked in, uh, in the business unit that was on, uh, online reputation. And so it really taught me a lot about how we can use digital tools to influence power, and you know how we can use our voices to, to create moments for brands, but also for governments to care and listen. Um, so even though I was frustrated because of the clients <laughs> I was working for, um, I got to learn that skill, I got to learn that that uh, that that expertise. I got to have that expertise. Uh, which has proven super useful for me. Then when I worked at Change, um, but after after a few years there, you know, I, I I had this thing. I don't know if it's true in every country of the people who are listening, but in France there is really this thing of you know you need to stay in a job two three years, otherwise otherwise you're seen as someone who's not you know like comes you know who doesn't have enough uh, focus so I I think that's for everyone that's (laughs) That's for everyone okay (laughs) Uh, and so it's like okay I'm just going to do three also I think I had you know I was worried not to find a job again because of what happened to me earlier so I was like okay I'm staying and in three years I will do something else and um, at that moment there was a friend of mine which that was studying with me who sent me this ad and he was like oh look at this thing it would be amazing for you it was change.org and he said, look, you know, it's digital, it's the same thing you do, but it's social impact. That seems interesting. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm so busy. And you know, in communications agencies everywhere in the world. And it was true in Paris too, you also when you're a junior, like you're or you're overworking because you're really exploited. <laughs> now I see that like it's really exploitation. So I was working until 10, 11 PM in the night and i was so exhausted and i didn't want it you know i didn't even want it to take the time to apply for that role and my friend was like you should apply you should apply anyway long story short i finally applied and i got an interview and anyway i was hired to be a campaigner so when you're a campaigner i changed that's what i was saying like you're not running campaign yourself but you're supporting people running campaigns and honestly when i took the job i didn't have an idea of what campaigning was uh, I was I think I was just I had the skills that I had used for online reputation and the skills that I've learned at school about political communication but you know I didn't have that proper experience Um, and I started really like just because I love the mission I felt like and to your point about what you were saying earlier I think I love the idea of empowerment as as a focus um, and not you know like Focusing really on developing the self-agency of people and giving them the tools to be, you know, autonomous, I felt was really fulfilling. So anyway, I started as as a campaigner and I did every job possible (laughs) because we were a small team. So um, I did campaigning, then I recruited another campaigner to work with me on campaign. Then our comms director left and I started to do the comms part and then we decided to launch... um, user-based uh, business model, So like users were giving some money to keep the platform open for everyone. And I developed, uh, you know, I, 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 I made sure this was also working in France. So I did a bit of the fundraising part, um, all the operational stuff, because when you're a small team, you need to know how to do everything. Anyway, after, I, I think it's it was after my six years uh, change, um, I, I, I was appointed as an executive director. Um, and I think that's that's really interesting because leadership positions, when you get them uh, in the same organization, when you started as a junior, it gives you a very different perspective. I felt much, probably much closer to the day-to-day work of my team and I knew what they were going through. I also had all the history of the organization. So it I, it felt quite intimidating, <laughs> to be honest, like to have this role, but also quite I feel I felt quite empowered because I knew what I was talking about. Um, but there's always this sense of you know imposter syndrome, why I'm here. Um, especially as women, I think like we tend to spend so much time to think about our legitimacy where maybe we should a bit less. <laughs> um, so that's how I arrived there. And actually we were a few people in my in at change.org who had the same kind of path. And I felt very grateful for that that I got you know, like the trust of of the global leadership to give me that role. And I hope, like, I really wish to anyone to have that kind of path, that kind of growth, because it's really fulfilling.
0: That's an amazing uh, explanation of what happened to you in change.org. And also thank you for focusing on the um hard parts. Because again, like, as you said, like, it's not, uh, it's not that easy, especially in times of crisis, like it was in 2008. And like it is now, basically, um, you know, like, most of us are lucky to find jobs, um, you know, because it, it is complicated. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's really interesting to to see, like, uh, you know, your full development. Uh, but now, let's talk about your foundation, um, Multitudes, mm-hmm. which is going to launch officially in twenty uh, twenty three, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, let us know a bit about uh, Multitudes, like what it is, uh, what it's what it's going to be, and um, you know, a bit a bit more about the foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just to explain you what the foundation is, is I also like to tell you a bit about my path uh, and how I came there because I think it makes sense to understand what's the goal of the foundation. Um, so I most of my work at Change was focused on helping people to influence power, you know, helping people to build campaigns so they would convince decision-makers, either uh, corporations, but also like official elected to make decisions. And so we did a lot of work Uh, building power, building movements, pushing, you know, like, and I think we've got like quite some results on the climate movement, but also on the feminist movement to like put our ideas on the agenda and make sure that officially elected take them into account. Um, But uh, I arrived at a point personally (laughs) where uh, it feels like the urgency is so big that we also need to have, you know, we can't just spend time influencing power, we also need to get into power. And I think, uh, as I told you, I'm not coming from a political background. I never had a card in any political party or I didn't participate in political parties events or stuff like that. It felt like something a bit removed from us and all the work we were doing, mobilizing. And uh, I think that's probably one of our strategic mistakes (laughs) (laughs) as a movement for like social change and social justice was that um, we always felt like politics was not for us. Uh, And I think a lot of us are starting to realize that actually there is decisions that need to be made that probably won't be made uh, by the people who now are holding power because either it goes against certain interests, but also maybe they don't have a lived and direct experience of what sexism, what racism, you know, what classism or what validism means. And so we need to have a better representation in politics not only for moral reasons, but also for political reasons. Because if we are able to renew political leadership, then we're able to have solutions that are good for everyone and not a few. And I think that's that's what pushed me to join the foundation. And that's basically going to be like the focus of the foundation. Um, is it how do we go from influencing power to taking power, not in, in the perspective of like, you know, replacing <laughs> replacing everyone, but just understanding that we have a democracy that is in crisis. And one of the reasons why this democracy is in crisis is because people don't feel represented. And for, I think, good reasons, um, because decisions are not made necessarily uh, for their benefit, but only for the benefit of a few. So that's basically what is the foundation's uh, mission. The idea is to reimagine politics, uh, to change who holds power, how it is exercised and how people connect to it. And one thing that is, um, I think, key to the way we want to, you know, work, at least what we want to work towards is politics as something that is fun, that is empowering, that is welcoming, that is open to everyone. And that is day-to-day life, you know, like running for office in your city or running for the parliament shouldn't be something that feels like scary or shouldn't be violent. It should be something that is, part of, you know, the citizen's life, but also that that is bringing you joy again. I think that will be our focus is to really not only change who holds power, but how it's exercised. And by that, we mean, you know, uh, politics being something that is positive for everyone. Um, So we'll do that by uh, funding people who have projects around uh, these issues uh, but also by creating a community of support, um, and to make sure that all the people that that work towards that reimagination of politics can connect and can support each other. Um, and so we are still working on the details of how all this will all work, and <laughs> we'll be uh, sharing very soon. Um, but I'm I feel very glad and I feel very happy that um, I think it feels like a logical thing to do in the time we are in. Uh, we are seeing that. There's more and more violence, more and more polarization, and so we need to do that work on the political spectrum as well uh, to make sure that all the efforts we've put in movement building doesn't stop at the door of the parliament or doesn't stop at the door of the local council.
0: Really good that you know you're going to be basically financing projects and you know empowering um, uh, groups of people. That um, again, I, I mean, I would also like to add that you know um, just following where you said that. Uh, most people that are in politics are old people and every time you see um, you know a young face it's always someone that again as you said like it's it's still like a young face a young person but you know that um, most of the times is representing like older generations and you know they're part of basically the issue because they might be the um, you know um, the kids of a former senator or you know like all these kind of Uh, interconnection so it's really good to to see like a foundation that is is going to be helping um you know basically grassroots people that want to be empowered and need some help to uh, get in local councils or parliaments i wanted to ask you like is it just friends focused or are you going to be like europe focused like how what's your uh, geographical focus
1: (laughs) yeah the focus will be europe so um it's also like one of the things that is amazing is that uh I spent a lot of time working with people in different countries when I was at change, you know, like we had we had teams in different countries. And then I joined the Obama leadership program and I met a lot of people from different countries in Europe. And what we realized, and that's the reason why the foundation is Europe-wide, is that we realized that obviously every country is different, every political culture is different, but some of the barriers to access power are the same in every country. Um, There are cultural barriers and I talked about it, you know, racism, sexism, classism, etc. But they're also like um, regulatory barrier or like financial barrier. You know, it costs a lot of money to actually run for office. So how do we fix that? How do we make sure that it's not so complicated to when you want to run to um, do all the legal administrative stuff to, you know, like present your list? How do we support all that kind of work to basically to push away that those barriers so that's why we want to do like european white work but also because i think we need to create solidarity between countries and i think that one of the things i realized in all the all of the work that i've done in france is that we are very like you know focused on our national context where actually a lot of the solutions we need to find they're going to be global and they're going to be european so we also want to foster that you know that energy at the European level because we think that would benefit everyone and that will be even more powerful.
0: And then you know you're going to be starting in 2023 and in 2024 there's going to be the European elections. So that's <laughs> going to be like uh, a great challenge. I mean I don't know like I really I really hope everything is gonna is gonna turn out amazing and the idea is fantastic and you know the, the the european focus is is really uh, is really amazing and you mentioned the obama leaders uh because you are one of the um uh leaders of europe how did that happen
1: that's kind of you are one of the leaders i don't know <laughs> if i'm that but at least i'm part of the of this program which is called obama leaders europe <laughs> um and it's been honestly it's been an amazing experience and uh I recommend really anyone who wants to get a grasp on what's happening for other people outside of their country to do that kind of like leadership programs they really help you to be less I think I was in some way probably like too focused on what's happening what was happening in France and that program for me really changed a lot of things um so I think that's First of all, like I, I didn't think to apply, but someone told me to, So I hope I can <laughs> encourage other people to do the same thing. Actually, the for this year, like the the applications are closed, but next year there will be more programs. So either through the Obama Foundations, but there are also from funda- the other programs. Uh, I'm thinking about Humanity in Action, for example, or Landcare Foundations. Doing like there are a lot of programs where you have leadership programs. They're all different. I think the the interest of doing those programs is first to you know like build your confidence and feel like you know you can be proud and you belong and you know you're part of this group of people who want to change the world and it doesn't really matter the scale of your work it doesn't matter if it's local or if, if it's national if it's international we all have to do a part and I really insist on that because I think sometimes we portray leadership as something that is an exception and I think leadership is is in everyone is in every uh, every person it's just something that you need to trust and uh yeah so i i think that it helps you develop your confidence but it also helps you connect with other people we also had a lot of programs to develop our understanding of the big issues and challenges of our time around migrations for example around uh, polarization um you know uh, the geopolitical uh issues and uh, challenges but also community organizing how do we work you know that's something that obviously I knew more about but it was really interesting to confront uh, my views with the ones of people working in Italy or in Hungary or in Slovenia so it, it's been very helpful to do that program and it really help, also helped me to create bonds with amazing people that I consider my friend now <laughs> um yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about that. More than you know, if you have the opportunity to apply to such program, you definitely should do it. Uh, it will bring you like a, a lot of a very positive experience and a lot of expertise
0: okay that's great <laughs> that's uh that's really interesting um that's a really interesting take on on the um, on the whole uh leadership program because again I, yeah. you didn't just focus on the obama leaders program but you also talked about others because yeah i mean of course there are many <laughs> but um <laughs> but is it the, uh, the, the obama leaders program like Special in some kind of way, like
1: I think. uh, So that's personally, that's the only leadership program I did. So it would be hard for me to really compare. But I think like one of the um, one of the key elements of that program, it focuses on community building, and I think it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily what all leadership program focus on. Uh, So there's a lot of work, and I mean, first the people are recruiting, on the base uh, are selected. Sorry on the base of their commitment to communities. So it's not just people who have developed like an individual leadership, but people who have worked with others to create, you know, collective power. That's one of the way we, the, the, I think the people are selected, but also um, it's something that we discuss and develop a lot during the program. So this, I find it special. And I really believe that that is something we need to do. Like we need to focus more on, on collective action Uh, rooted in individual experience because you know groups are made of people so we shouldn't just like you know have this tyranny of like there shouldn't be any head that is seen or we shouldn't know the name of anyone you know like we're all individuals we all have our stories but what's more important more than us individually is how we connect with others Um, and uh, I think the other thing that was special for me was the um, the time spent in uh, individual connections and I don't think it's necessarily the case on every program, but, you know, it's the, the whole idea of community is both like how do you work with communities, but how do you create a community of, of, of people who have, you know, the same values and, and want to move forward with promoting those values together.
0: Want to ask you like one last question, basically, so I can I can let you go. I <laughs> if you have other other calls. Uh, you know, we talked about this uh, before, and I want to know a bit more. Like, if you if you have seen when you were working with Change.org, uh, or you can see it now, like the different approach. Of younger generations on activism, on how they do activism. We did a, um, an interview um, with Um uh, She's also like, or um, uh, Maria is also like um, a, an Obama leader of Europe, uh, part of the program, and she basically talked about, you know, digital activism and how, you know, like very often now it's it's more like digital first, and then it goes um, onto the streets. And um, and how like again she doesn't she doesn't think that younger generations are just you know like these kind of uh, selectivists or like you know uh, digital activists and that's it. So uh, what is your take on on mm-hmm. younger generations um, doing activism?
1: Mm-hmm. First of all, honestly, I'm I'm really struggling to define younger generation as digital. Like in some way, like from my experience, there's older generations that are extremely active digitally <laughs> um i just think you know there's a stereotype with new you. young people they're online obviously young people online but there's also other older people and young people are also in the streets so i think sometimes we like you know to make like some stereotype vision of what people do and so i think first of all there's a lot of heterogeneity in the way people organize but what I can say is that um, what was really striking for me is how digital has helped us organize offline events and how digital has helped us structure a movement of people who were honestly like me, not politicized, and got to you know got in touch with issues through social that help them then to join organization um, in different ways. So for me, we shouldn't, you know, just like oppose, there is the digital and there is the street and one is better than another. I just find it useful to see what's the most effective to bring people to action. And sometimes it's digital work. And sometimes it's, you know, being knocking doors. And we've seen, for example, (laughs) a lot of um, instances in which, Knocking doors for election was proven to be much more powerful than, you know, doing Facebook ads. So we shouldn't be stuck on one way to do activism. And we should always think about what's the best way to reach people. How do people, how can people relate? Um, And I've done a lot of work recently on like, you know, persuasive communication and how do we create connection? And actually conversations like real deep open conversations create much more change for certain group of people. Than actual transactional moments online. So I've I've done both. You know, at Change we've done a lot of like what some people qualify as clicktivism, which always makes me laugh because you know should should we be should we be sorry that it is sometimes easy to take action? I think we should celebrate it. You know, uh, life is hard enough, and some people don't have time and don't have the possibility to you know march march every protest or go to every meeting. Uh, when you have kids, when you live far from cities, when you maybe, I don't know, you cannot move yourself, you, your body is harder to move, whatever. So for all these reasons, I think we should celebrate all the tools we have at our disposal. But I do want to stress that I think for some time, we we thought that we could mobilize for a long time and, you know, very deep through digital. I don't think it's good enough in many instances. Um, and I'm saying that because people need connection you know and people need to see other people and at some point we always need to think about how do we create that kind of physical encounter between people because really i've seen how spending an hour in a room with 10 people is much different than commenting <laughs> on a facebook post post so i i i want to you know, I kind of want to celebrate the power of connection through like physical moments. But I also want to say that we need to use the best tools for every uh, public we want to engage with. Uh, so I don't know if it answers completely your question. But for me, uh, youth are very good in every kind of ways when it comes to mobilization. What they need is resources, you know, um, and and that's, I think, the last point I want to make. And that's also why I'm happy to work at the foundation is that lot of what i call political work because for me political work is not only elections it's also mobilizations and issue-based campaigning all of this is done uh with no money by people who are like doing that on their spare time sometimes you know using their you know like putting their health in danger because of of so much work they are doing so we really need like the ecosystem to come together and to resource those people who are doing this very important work and i'm so glad there are already so many actors that are giving funding or that are giving trainings or support and we need to do more of that uh, because i really think that's the way we're going to change the world if like if we give people the resources to do it
0: it's it's amazing that you guys are gonna are gonna be doing it with your with your foundation so i know that you, now you have uh, you have another call so i'm gonna let you go if you have anything you want to promote you know just you can you can use these um, these couple of minutes, <laughs> or if you you know like whenever the foundation is going to be launched, you know we're happy to share it on our social media. Or if you're looking for um, volunteers, just let us know, and um, we're definitely going to be uh, sharing us uh, sharing that on our our, our platforms. Because um, mm-hmm. again, I um, I think I can speak for the whole United Citizens of Europe team. It's it's an amazing uh, it's an amazing project that you have going on. Um, mm-hmm. So. We really wish you all the best.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I will let you know about the foundation as soon as, you know, we are officially public. Uh, In the meantime, just invite everyone to do what they can. Uh, And I think that's really important. Like when you can do something that can be downstairs, your building, that can be at work, that can be in your community, like every small steps matter. So I just want to emphasize that. Um, And maybe I would advise, um, you know, It's kind of promotional, but that's okay. Um, So, I I wrote this book, which is called Changing the World, which is an activism Mm -hmm. um, playbook. So, you can, it's actually in French, so only for the French readers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, there are other resources that exist. I think we really need to learn how to campaign effectively and not to waste our energy too much. We have so much to change. So, we need to be even more strategic. So I would just invite everyone to think about, you know, strategically about how they put their energy. And I'm happy to see that there is space like yours where people can discuss all of this. So thank you again for organizing this, uh, this podcast and, uh, wish you the best for also your, your initiatives.
0: Oh, thank you. And thank you again for, for being here and talking about your, um, basically your amazing career and, um, you know, your, uh, your project. So again, wish you all the best. And, uh, Um, have a good day.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Luca. Have a good day.
0: Bye. We really hope you enjoyed our episode. And if you enjoy what we do, you can follow us on all the main social media platforms. And if please give us a good rating because that will really help us. Thank you.